Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I am Michael J. Sutton. This is May the 16th, 2022. Episode 8 of Freedom from Fear. Today's title is There is no such thing as free speech. One of the great lies of liberal democracy is free speech. It is a lie for so many reasons. I will not spend too much time proving this as it is so obvious. There is no such thing as free speech. Speech is not free. In fact, it is often costly. What we say has consequences. The old proverb, sticks and stones may break my bones but names will never hurt me, is at best wishful thinking or at worst license to abuse. I would dare to say that only a white supremacist or a racist could use that proverb with a straight face. Being the victim of racial epithets or, for example, or criticised because of our shape or size, skin colour or temperament, family background or postal address, are all examples of how words hurt. Words can tear. Words can wound and they can kill. If you do not believe me, talk to the parents of the many children who have committed suicide due to verbal bullying at school. In Japan, for example, they even have this hideous thing called silent death, where people literally act as if someone doesn't exist. The goal is for that person to kill themselves. Everyone pretends the victim is in fact dead out of the hope that it becomes a reality. I know. I was once on the receiving end of this venom. It does not matter the age. Words can be destructive, but especially for young children or vulnerable people, words can be catastrophic. Free speech is a lie. With our words, we can hurt, insult, verbally maim, slander, assault, undermine, demolish and discourage. In fact, what we say has been given so much attention by our Lord and his apostles that the phrase, free speech is not free, can be amply proved by recourse to a variety of texts in the New Testament and Hebrew Bible. I could go on all day, but the place to go is really the letter written by James. He said, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course on, of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. James chapter 3, verses 5-8 to eight. What we can say can corrupt the entire body and can send us to hell. Strong words. Our tongue is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. How true. James has been to church. Well, he spent time around people even people who claim to be godly and holy and righteous. He must have been to church. I often say that people do not go to church because they know the people who do. 
Behind this proverb of mine is the reality that much of church life has to do with gossip, slander, character assassination and just general bile and criticism. 60 seconds is the record I have found before someone passes judgment on you for at least something. Try it. Go to church and try to have a conversation with a religious person and speak normally. Use a stopwatch and see how long it is before they pass judgment on you for something. Interestingly, James makes a most startling comment. I had to read it a few times just to make sure I was not misreading it. He says it a few steps earlier in his letter, as he begins his tirade, shall we say, against the misuse of words in the early Christian community in Israel and the nations. It is James chapter 3, verse 2. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. What they mean is that someone who never transgresses in the words they use or what they say, is a perfect or complete person, able to control or restrain the whole or complete body. The word control here simply means to lead with a bridle, like riding a horse. It suggests discipline. It suggests something learnt, and, su- and it makes sense, since speech is a learnt behaviour, so the control of speech must be as well. This is a remarkable verse of scripture. We should put it on our cell phone or laptop or iPad or Chromebook. I'll read it again, and I would like you to tell me what jumps out at you. Remember James, the brother of Jesus, the leading light in the little Jerusalem assembly that met in the temple courts is most likely the author. He was martyred for his faith in Jesus Christ. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. James is admitting that he and his readers are one and the same. He stumbles, and he stumbles in many ways. What an honest, humble reflection. He didn't say, you stumble in many ways, you sinners, not like me. He wasn't a Christian fascist. Acts portrays him as an ambiguous leader trying to keep balance between the various factions, Jews and non-Jews, within the Jerusalem community of faith in Christ. But here he identifies with everyone. So he should. James was a disciple of Christ. We all are. We are all the same. Do not put anyone up on a pedestal. Christians often do this. We put people up as perfect and don't realise that we are all just followers of Jesus. If you don't believe me, look up the last verse of the psalmist's longest psalm, Psalm 119, and read what that says. We all stumble in many ways. In the Greek, the word for stumbling also means to sin or transgress or to be in error. It comes from the word to trip or fall. The Greek word means to trespass, so why is it not mentioned as such in most of our translations? I think the translators are uncomfortable with the idea that Christians can transgress often. It does not fit with their assumption that Christians are righteous people. To confirm this, James points out that this stumbling is not occasional, but often, 
and many. We all stumble in many ways. But James goes further. He not only points out that there's no such thing as free speech, but he also busts that other terrible myth, which is that words don't matter, only actions do. No one, Nowhere does the Bible make this assertion. It's completely wrong. What we say matters. Words are never cheap. James says anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. A person who can control their tongue and attitudes has got it together. That's what he's saying. Words do matter. There's no such thing as free speech. Words have power. They can hurt, but they can also be wrong. They often are. For reasons which, to me, are not entirely clear. Most people who go to church are unaware of the legal implications of slander or libel. Furthermore, they seem to believe that slander, gossip, malicious or otherwise, is like parliamentary privilege. This is the belief that if you slander someone at church, then you are free from legal action. This is not true, of course. The apostles point out that gossip and slander are a sin and an evil. Slander existed in all Christian communities, destroying the testimony of Christ. Slander and gossip are also terrible sins and condemned throughout the New Testament as signs of unbelief and apostasy. See, for example, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 20, Romans 1, verse 29, Matthew 15, verse 19, Mark 7, verse 22, Romans 1, verse 30, 1 Corinthians 5, verse 11, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 10, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 20, Ephesians 4, verse 31, Colossians 3, verses 8, verse 8, 2 Timothy 3, verse 3, Titus 3, verse 2, James 4, verse 11, 1 Peter 2, verse 1. True Christians do not gossip or slander. This is a pity because it means that many church-going people are not Christians. There is no such thing as free speech. It is the tragedy of the modern, mod, modern Christian church in the West that it is often a cesspool of slander and gossip. If some people cannot find dirt on someone they don't like, they'll just make it up. The lives of many people in the church are regularly destroyed by slander and gossip. Curiously, the church courts are generally not interested in gossip or slander, but the secular courts are, and this is a blessing. If you go to churches now, you are in the thick of the culture wars. It used to be the gospel, but that's so old-fashioned these days. It will not be long before someone says something slanderous against someone, or even against you. This behaviour is intolerable, and it is illegal. If you and your life are personally brought into question by a priest from the pulpit, for example, if they call you out by name and call you personally immoral, then you can sue them for slander, and you probably should. About COVID hysteria, I can say this. What happened was vile and criminal at the same time so many people said vile things about the unvaccinated people in general. This was also quite horrible. But it was not the culture war. This was propaganda, state-led abuse of the population. It's a spasm of national decline. I've mentioned this before. The culture war is something else entirely. And I urge you, as one Christian to another, have nothing to do with it. 
Do not participate. Do not get involved. Say nothing. Or you will end up saying something you will regret. It is really awful to read the vile, abusive comments between Christians engaged in whatever latest political issue occupies their attention. Like James, I stumble all the time, and I am not perfect. The cross of Jesus Christ reminds me of my constant need for his grace. Why add more fuel to the fire of your belly and jump on the bandwagon of the culture war? Is it not better to guard your tongue, mind your language, and even offer kindness and love to your enemies? If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, do you really have any enemy? James reminds us that there is no such thing as free speech. But I will leave you with the words of Christ, sobering and true and humbling. In Matthew 5, verse 22, But I tell you, that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, You fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. There, but for the grace of God, go I. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We have a new podcast episode every day. Freedom Matters Today explores freedom from a Christian perspective. Be sure to check out our daily blog at freedommatterstoday.com and subscribe. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom from Fear.